On this week's episode, do you have the itch for a spider? Brought to you by nineworks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community, supported by the Nineworks Marketplace. Nineworks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks and Max Newman. Nineworks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the Nineworks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nightmarks Radio. Max Newman is to the left of me. How are you good, sir? Yeah, really good. Excellent. Really good, actually. Yeah. Exciting day. You've uh, you've got the smile that says you've been out in a Porsche Spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, does it? Is yeah. that... It suited me, didn't it? It did, it did. We're going to talk about that very shortly. Uh, we are here at RPM Technic. It's always a delight to be back in the showroom at RPM Technic. We're joined by two of the directors. We've got uh, Greg Daly, first of all. How are you, Greg? I'm very well, Lee. Thank you for popping down to see us. Nice, um, nice. Brought the weather with you, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> always. Always good to hear your dulcet tones on the <laughs> radio as well. Um, and you. Darren Anderson as well. How are you, good sir? Yeah, very well, thank you. And likewise, good to see you guys. Glad you could make it. Absolutely. So, um, well, it was your... 981 spider that max has been out enjoying mm-hmm. um yeah how long have you had the car well it's getting on two years now i imagine it was uh, a purchase from rpm technic i understand they do pretty good sales <laughs> but uh, yeah it was um it was an interesting purchase actually because i've been umming and ahhing about what to 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 buy as a daily and there's quite a few cars hit the shortlist and that got whittled down to a Carrera T and a 981 Spider. Yeah. Uh, drove a Carrera T as part of a, a daily duty I had to do. And um, it was it was a great thing. It's a really, really nice car, um, manual. Um, and I thought, well, it's a good opportunity. I'll, I'll take one of the Spiders out and just uh, just do a back-to-back with, with the T. With the um, and I got probably about as far as the gate to the industrial estate we're on and went this is the car <laughs> i only needed to do two corners yeah, um, really? yeah i mean it was it absolutely was was just a revelation to me the immediately the the lightness of touch that you get and the, the general lightness of the car i mean the super light car uh, but yeah i kind of knew i didn't need to take it on the road test really but i did obviously uh but yeah fantastic it was just it's absolutely everything that i love about sports cars all in one and the more i've lived with it the more i've appreciated how for that car i think they've just got the perfect balance of all of the different parts ingredients to a sports car yeah so and using it as a daily you get to experience it in all those different so, weathers yeah, yeah weathers and um driving conditions and road trips and going to tesco's and yeah you know it it is a I, there's nothing that i've had before or you know, all probably well have since uh, or from here that I think would would eclipse it. So they've got so they've got their work cut out to uh, to better that car in my mind. Certainly for the money as well. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison because they're similar money. Nine and one T and nine and one Spider, similar money, and probably something. I mean, speaking personally, both cars that I'm interested in, uh, but I'm probably not the only people to have had that 
thought and for you to back to back them and go very yeah. firmly in that direction yeah is interesting yeah no it was it was it wasn't even a kind of a point for consideration it was an immediate that is the right car and it might not be for everybody you know some people may prefer the t and you know for them it's the right car but for me although my missus was like so you've bought a two-seater it's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a hard sell, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So um, what happens when I'm out in the, uh, in the family car? I don't know. We'll, we'll worry about that when that happens. <laughs> and, yeah. So um, it, 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 has a, it does have a slight limitation to it, but nothing that ha- you know, I haven't been able to get my head around. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this, this episode's been a long time in the making, really, because you and I had a chat, Darren. Um, I think I visited here at Christmas time. And we were talking, obviously, away from the mics about um, the merits of, of spiders. And then the, Andy, Max and I on, on the podcast have spoken about our kind of mutual appreciation. It's the one car that we said we all kind of converge on that. That's our, our sweet spot, um, taking into account our different tastes and, and needs within our lifestyle and whatnot. And, uh, and you, Darren, off the back of us, messaged and said, yeah, you're going to have to come and drive this car and, and, and kind of get to grips with it. So we're really grateful that, that you've let Max go out in that car today, and, and we're going to explore that shortly. Um, Greg, in terms of, like, the, the sales side of things, like, I think it's well known that the spider hits or ticks a lot of boxes for, for purists. So, uh, yeah, do you notice, like, a real popularity? Like, do they hang around quickly? Do you get a lot of them in? Um, I guess from a, a commercial point of view, yeah, they're they're really popular, you know. So I like them. Um, <laughs> don't care how they drive. No, um, no, they they are really popular. Um, obviously, with Porsche um, effectively discontinuing the the model uh, as we know it right now, yeah. Um, from pretty much now onwards, uh, I think that's probably going to add fuel to the fire. And you know, if you want a high revving, naturally aspirated, lightweight car, um, you know. Um, your options are limited um so from that point of view um that's going to be an interesting effect in the next 6 12 24 months i'm gonna guess it's probably going to go one way on it but uh, we shall see but darren's quite a interesting uh sort of case study on this particular car i actually had him down as a waitrose man not a tesco's man but uh Darren's um, interesting on a few levels. So num- number one, um, if you ever met Darren, um, he's a big, tall guy. And a lot of people's first thing is, oh, am I going to fit in them? And I'm like, well, my business partner's six. Six? Six, well, six, five. The, he's the, shrinking. My, uh, my spine's compressing. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, carrying away the rest of us. Um, but, uh, so yeah, da- I'm always like, yes, you'll fit. Darren, yeah, case in point, he's a big guy. But... Prior to this car, Darren's always gone classic or sort of modern classic for feel. And in particular, everyone probably knows he's a, a, a big, big fan of the, the 996 platform. Evangelist. Evangelist. It's, <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely word. Um, because, you know, Darren's raced and rallying and what's high on his agenda, as he just said, is feedback from the car and driver involvement. And when we sort of got to the point of, why don't you try something from the modern catalogue of Porsches? that was going to be really high up there. And so I think why people like it is that although it is a modern Porsche, it does have like sparks of the older cars in there in terms of like steering feel, the, the Christmas sort of throttle response, the noise of them as well, because they're probably one of the only modern Porsches that we don't ever modify the exhausts on. 
Oh, okay. On a 981. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. On the 718, it, was, it wasn't Porsche's fault. They had to put OPFs in them. We mobbed them. That's fine. You know, you can get around it. But that car, out of the box, it just sounds absolutely brilliant. And as Darren says, the lightness of touch and you put all of those things in the mix. I reason why we, I think, sell quite a lot of them and, and sell them quite speedily is that if someone far cleverer than me put a graph together of purchase price, running costs, cost of warranty, performance the car gives rarity specialness love you know how lovely it is to drive gotta be like on that top of that curve somewhere i think um, but yeah you boys should do that graph <laughs> no you're, it's right like i said i think that it does it does tick a lot of boxes and um we're going to speak to craig varty from craig spider club later on um but i've recorded that before i come here and, and he makes some interesting kind of um, comparisons or notes really just in terms of building what you've said Greg in terms mm-hmm. of yeah, noise and, and everything else but like size mm-hmm. they're small while yeah. everything else is getting bigger yep. um, but actually it's kind of like old 911 size like modern classic yep. size and, that, yep. and that's completely enduring in, in its appeal for somebody that likes cars and coffees or fast Sunday runs or you know that's like basically fast yep. road driving yep. yeah. Really. yeah I mean it's, it's almost it's almost essential you know the there are the roads and the parking spaces there yeah yeah parking space they're, completely they're not getting any wider yeah uh, so uh, you really do appreciate and there's there's many a time when you know you're in a gt car you know and a, the more modern you get the obviously the wider they get then the more often you have to breathe in yeah because yeah. you're like that's gonna be quite tight that yeah <laughs> and you're yeah. through but you know it's also, if you look at um, if you look at any Porsche that's sort of revered in terms of its how it it drives and you know ignoring the collector aspect to it, just you know how it drives as a machine, the common thread with all of the the greats are weight. They are probably one of the li- I don't know the exact stat, but one of the lightest modern Porsches. Um, and again, the seven one eight's light, but seven one eight's I think hundred hundred and twenty kilograms heavier than the nine eight one Spider. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you f- you do feel that. Yeah, yeah. you definitely wow. feel that. That's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Is there a lot in the exhaust system on the seven one eight? The OPF, all that kind of gubbins. Is that? Yeah, I don't know the exact weight, if I'm honest, but yes, there there probably, you know, there certainly will be. Don't get me wrong, overall, the 718 is a uh, faster car. There's no two ways about it. You know, it's it's more powerful, its aerodynamics are slightly better, and it's got better under body aero management and all that kind of stuff. Um, And actually, you know, sometimes we get a lot of um, clients come in and... um, you know, without being flashed, the budget's flexible. You know, they go, do I go 981 or do I go 718? And what you tend to see is that the difference is the 718 out of the box is a slightly more comfortable car. You know, it's, mm. it's more, I guess, sophisticated from that point of view. Um, but if you're wanting some of the edge that the 981 has, like just opening the door, there's a few little mods which you can do, which we do, obviously, that can unlock that. So it's, it's not that it's not there. It's just that, you know, each model designation, they have to sell slightly more cars. And in order to sell more cars, you've got to appeal to more people and therefore, you know, make it a little bit more yeah. easy to live with. But we're kind of splitting hairs here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, yeah. They're both fantastic cars. Yeah. Just jump in them now and both drive to south of France, yeah. do a track day or do the daily yeah. commute, you know. Yeah. just going to do all of them. I think the point about the graph or the Venn diagram or however you can bring that sort of thing uh, together in terms of a Porsche that's, that ticks lots of boxes that people want or feel they want or want to explore, 
Um, you know, things like, you know, we could go back to the Carrera T, similar money, sort of purest thing, but it's turbocharged and the gearbox has improved over earlier seven speeds, but it's still not yeah. as good. So do yeah. you say, okay, so that points us towards Spider. You go look at a sort of, um, you know, 996 GG3, that takes a bit more commitment, mm-hmm. more expensive to run. As you say, if you want to use the car, or like if you want to daily the car, mm-hmm. I wouldn't probably want to daily a 996 GT3. Um, so, you know, it, it sort of keeps coming coming back, doesn't it? You know, if you, if you go, you know, you've got to spend a lot of money if you want a manual 991 GT3. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that takes you into a whole other, you know, sphere, doesn't it? So, you know, you, you can keep looking and keep working back. Yeah. And they, a- and they look special as well. You know, yeah. The roof design, um, yeah, even someone who's not into cars looks at that and goes, God, that's a good-looking machine. You know, it's proportioned nicely, you know, the wheels tuck in the arches. Uh, and, you know, big deal with any sports car is it noise, you know, it just sounds wicked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, lot, lot to be said for them. I mean, I guess the on, on, the, on the balance to that is that, yeah, Darren's got um, two children, I've got three children, for me, it would just be one step too far having a two-seater daily driver. <laughs> um, maybe when mine get a little bit older and I'm doing less taxiing. but And that's where the 911 does beat every other sports car pretty much on the planet because yeah. there's, I can't, there is obviously other ones, but you know, there's nothing with the dynamics of a 911 that you can get four people in. Yeah. yeah, and that's where you tend to sometimes find on the sort of yes-no tree when we're chatting with a, a guy or a girl buying a car that may be where it, it diverges, but it's not because of the, the car, it's just the practicality of life. Yeah, and Normal that's true. daily driving, though. That's <laughs> no, true. No, to be fair. You know, and that is a good point. I did, you know, as a Boxster owner myself now, I did sort of overlook or conveniently forget that as I was, you know, barreling towards the Boxster thing. I did um, forget the fact that I wouldn't, you know, as soon as you bring a child or, a, or from, in my case, a dog into it, mm-hmm. suddenly you can't use the car for weekends away yeah. and things like that, you know, which you can with a 911, of course. So I did, I did conveniently forget that at the time, but I do have a McCann, so I can still Porsche, albeit not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's nice. But, but yeah, that, that is a limiting factor for sure. Yeah, and that's why you should buy more than one. <laughs> to be fair that's kind that's of what you that's a little bit what I did although I've, uh, I've really optimised the car sharing thing because this, I should probably say uh, I, because Dave will be like hang on a minute that's not your car <laughs> that's our car so uh, the, the, I, we've, uh, we've optimised by having two cars um, shared between the two of us effectively he's a very good friend of mine from uh, back in the, the days of university and has been ever since uh, so it gives us a little bit more practicality Although we, we went for another two-seater. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, you've got four seats. Yeah. It's not in one car. Not in one car yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's how you deal with family portion. You take the two cars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well otherwise, there'd be the conversation. Why haven't you got the other car? It's got more, it's more practical than more seats. So we thought, we'll just stick to the two-seat rule and we'll be good. So the other cars are 987 Cayman S, the one of our clients had for some time and it was his track car, road track car. So it's had lots of cool bits on it. And again, that's like super focused. That's probably too much for most people. Because I know that Nick Jeffrey will be listening to this when it goes out. He'll be screaming at his, whatever he's listening to it in the car or his headphones saying, why are you talking about 987 yet? Because uh, he is a 987 Spider evangelist. So what, I mean, what experience do you guys have of those cars? And where do you think they fit in to the Spider? Yeah, hierarchy. I mean, they're, they're brilliant little cars. I mean, you, you tend to find that, um, well, from again, from my 
aspect buying and selling them their prices have always been really resilient they've always been in and around the same sort of price and obviously those and Cayman R's are kind of lumped in together almost um, and I think again you know at the price point that they sell at sort of 40 to 50 you know plus minus depending on you know, mileage spec and everything they are awesome bit of kit you know really really lovely um, I worked for Porsche when those were new and when you'd sort of send people up to the drive centre you know and you bought a car and you, you get to go and drive the car that was when they that first started happening and people would always come back and go god I drove one of those 987 spiders I reckon that was like my favourite car I drove because it, it, that is probably even better balanced I would arguably say than the 981 because it's not got a mental engine you know mm-hmm. it's not got all the noise that mm-hmm. the 981's mm-hmm. got and there's not one particular part of the car that over you know uh, sort of overshadows any other part of the car um but the only nego on them is that you know those the roofs yeah once you've done it three or four times you get to get used to it but you know they're a little bit of a uh uh an action <laughs> your, your words um, <laughs> thanks you set me up there. <laughs> um a little bit yeah more involved um yeah. to put up and down but you know not many people drive those cars daily so yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know yeah. if you've got one of them like a manual one of them with buckets like if you're going to go extreme aircon delete and pccbs i think that is like as light as you can possibly get yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah that feels almost sort of lotus-esque and sort of adding lightness kind of thing doesn't it maybe yeah. not quite i mean that's an exaggeration but <laughs> yeah, yeah. in spirit yeah. yeah 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 definitely and you know again they're all you know we was used to say and it's still relevant now i think is that on the road really you don't need more than 300 brake yeah yeah right. absolutely um, so yeah, it, that car sits it'd there. It'd be interesting, Greg. Where you're saying you um, worked at Porsche at the time, the like the 987 was new, so yeah. obviously the, the Gen two cars first. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first Spider. Mm. Did did people get those cars straight away? Well, like were they were they an instant hit among purists, or did it take a yeah, bit of time? I mean, back then it was just starting to be. So this is sort of like 2009, 2010. It was just starting to be when we were selling cars to people who had never driven what they'd bought. So, you know, like we'd get guys collecting 2010 GT3s and putting the clutch in and going, is that supposed to be like that heavy? And I'm like, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the the 987s at the time, um, like the Cayman R's and Spiders, there wasn't like the Ferrari you you get now about it. They sold well, but it wasn't like people were like, you know, beating each other up to, to get hold of them. Um, and again, when they were sold as used cars, you know, they just did the normal sort of depreciation curve of losing a few quid over the first few years and then softening out. And pretty much ever since then, they've been like flatline. You know, yeah. they don't go up massively, don't go down massively. So mm. a nice place to get into Porsche ownership. That's something a bit special, I think. Yeah. yeah. So following on from that, Greg, have you noticed like the reception... Uh, among enthusiasts has changed over the years so say someone walks into rpm technic here mm-hmm. and they're explaining to you what kind of they're looking for yep and you'd say you know five years ago versus now what have you thought about spider yeah they're obviously quite popular now but has mm. it always been that way uh no there's used to be much more snob value yeah. on the model against yeah. the 911 because again if you said to someone probably i dare say out of uh, if i'm not speaking mm. out of turn if i said to darren you're going to spend 75 80k on a porsche in 10 years time and it's not going to be a 911 he would have probably gone not sure i am buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. but yeah. that's why when we you know we've got them here or you know we're meeting someone and chatting away with what they they we always say well why don't you chuck one of them as a curveball and i think i think the cayman like the gc4 in particular is probably 
paved the way for that because people read the reviews and goes, you know, it is one of the best Porsches ever built. It's such a good car, that platform. And then people go, well, I don't really do track days. And I'm like, well, it's still fine on the road, but why don't you look at a spider then? Because you get the best of like th- what I call 3D motoring, no roof, you know, the birds and the bees, and you know, be able to hear everything. Um, but with all the performance that a GT4 would give. And I think people's, you know, perception of that has totally changed, yeah. you know. With the 981 design, I think, looked subjectively, I think, a bit more masculine than the 987 generation car. So, therefore, you know, when you see, like, a stealth black one with ceramics and black wheels and stuff, it looks like a mean little thing. Mm. You know, it made that an easier sell. But, um, so, yeah, I, I guess it has changed a little bit, yeah, in the last... Five years, yeah, since 981. So was that eight years, nine years, ten years even? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. the impression I get, mm. but obviously you'll, you'll have like far greater, um, certainly like anecdotal evidence of that as to kind of the reception of it, mm. which is kind of sad, therefore, that we're all sitting here doing a podcast about how special spiders are. I mean, like today could be the last day that one of those cars with a combustion engine like rolls off the mm. production line. Mm. You know, it's kind of it's bad timing is it good timing i'm not sure really but it kind of like you said earlier it's going to be quite interesting where values go in the next couple of years with all of that in mind yeah i mean the thing is and i may have said it before on on here but is if the next one weighs the same as the current car has a range of 350 miles like really the current car does on a petrol engine um stops starts steers really nicely okay it's not going to be petrol but it'll still be great and people will probably scoff at that but it always happens three years down the line once people are familiar with it once everyone said oh my god this is actually the best driving electric car you can get people go actually i'm gonna have a go at that so i think we'll just see a different kind of buyer coming in who goes i live in a city center i live in central london birmingham glasgow whatever and whilst I love a naturally aspirated petrol engine, 99% of my journey is five miles. I'd love a Porsche. And for the odd road trip or track day, that will be fine. So it would just be a different person. Or we might find that they have them alongside those cars. It'd be mm. interesting to see. Mm. But I'm not, I don't, I'm personally not nego on it. I think it's just different. And people are always a little bit resistant to change, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. And Porsche have kind of, they're paving the way, aren't they? Or they're, they're sort of showing us the direction with the... They had the Mission E, first of all, Mission E, the um, really sort of retro-looking mid-engined car. And then oh, they actually yeah, yeah, ran sorry, the yeah. Cayman GT4 electric race car yes. as well, which yeah. I saw at Goodwood, and that looked incredible because it was mm. so fast. So, they're, you know, they're, they're sort of showing us that, you know, that stuff can be cool and exciting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I... Yeah, again, I, the, the speed thing generally on electric cars is an odd one because I think I saw something about the new Mercedes that was being tested that's like 1,000 kilometre range of 300 and something horsepower. And like I said sort of 10 minutes ago, you don't really need more than 300 brakes. So if you could get a lightweight car that's got good range, that handles nicely, okay, it's not high-revving, you know, fossil fueled car, but doesn't mean it won't be fun. Mm. It's good. No, I, I, well, it's it's the handling properly bit yeah. because handling is related to weight, as we discussed earlier, mm. and unless they can really do some serious re-engineering um, and you know get the weight out of these cars or at least down in these cars, I, I think that the handling will forever be slightly compromised. Um, mm. You know, you even feel it, for example, 
um, with our 718 GT4. We MR'd it, um, and it was a great, you know, it was essentially we did it for the track and the benefits of getting it out on track and, and really kind of pushing on, on track in it. But when you're on the road, the suspension that you fitted, the, the, the Manti suspension, was so much better, so much more sophisticated and so much better at um, supporting the weight of the car when you're um, cornering hard and, you know, you're, doing, you're asking a lot of it. You might be, you know, cornering, braking and, you know, on an off-camber um, corner through the Welsh Hill somewhere. There's a lot that the suspension has to do for you. Um, and the stock car versus the MR car felt like it had a body on the roof. And it wasn't really very much heavy. It was heavier than the MR, but it wasn't very much heavier than the MR. It was purely down to the sort of the way the suspension handled that. But it, you know, and that's you know fine. That's a really fine margin there. Mm. You've got a car that weighs you know six hundred kilos more. You're really gonna, you know, there's no way of of kind of cutting it. It's gonna be handled differently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got flexibility in terms of where you put the weight, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you know, Like with Taycan and other things, they put it very low down and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's still there. Yeah. You know, and fundamentally, from a physics point of view, you know, with battery technology, you can't, you know, you just can't take the weight out. You know, you, the, there isn't going to suddenly be an iPhone-sized battery that can do you 200 miles. It just doesn't, you mm. just can't do it. So no. they're always going to be heavy. And the other thing is, and you obviously it'd be interesting to see what you say about this coming from tin tops to Cabriolets, is that... A big aspect of owning that car is what it sounds like. So my only reservation will be: wonder what they're going to do if it is fully electric. One, how how's that going to work? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Um, I'm not sure on synthesized sort of engine notes. It's sort of <laughs> cringe. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, can you make an electric motor sound good? I don't know. If anyone can, Porsche can probably do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Know. Yeah. So, but yeah, what do you find like coming from coupe cab? Uh, it's it's a really different motoring experience, isn't it? Mm. You know, I've been a, or always have been a sunroof fan. I always thought that was cool. Um, my box is my first open top car, and it's a completely different experience. It changes m- motoring much more than I thought it would. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's really special, actually. You get I, it down more. You know, like you turned up and it was pretty much raining with the roof down yeah but you do get more opportunity than you think don't yeah you? yeah yeah absolutely you know you can pop it down especially when you haven't got a spider and it goes up and down up to 30 miles an hour or something like that trust me you can get that roof up very quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, you know it it it, it, t- it changes mundane motoring into something that's quite um interesting i was going to say special i'd be slightly overclubbing it but it's a different dimension it adds it, it really does. adds yeah i think it does it. make it a bit more special because you know, most cars most people drive are, are coupes. I mean, like I say, it gives that, that a third dimension to a drive. And even if that's only to the shops and back, you're like, oh, I can hear a flat six here. And, yeah. You know, it's just different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you can, it, it makes lower speed motoring more yeah. enjoyable, definitely, because mm-hmm. there's a lot more, it's more of a sensory experience. Going deep here, man, but yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I really do like it. Really mm. do like it. Night driving. Yes. That's, for me, that's the time the roof usually comes off. I don't know why. Just, uh, there's something about ripping through some, you know, nice 
country villages, not obviously the village itself. <laughs> 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 Disclaimer. Evening, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sports exhaust <laughs> on the max. Uh, no, it's uh, around the kind of through the lakes and, you know, the Welsh hills, whatever, where you've got the stone walls and stuff bouncing back up at you and you kind of like you're going through a canopy, canopy of trees and you've got that awareness of 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 what's around you uh we, we, and i greg will testament you know I, i've been like the last person to to i've really very little interest in cabriolets and convertibles it's been tin tops function it's got to be stiff it's you gotta, don't even you like sunroofs no, no absolutely <laughs> don't want a sunroof but the spider just it just works and it's and it is one of those things that I have been converted from the, from that point of view because that it, it really does add to the um, to, to what the car offers to you when you when you're out doing. And I, to be, I must admit, I leave the roof up most of the time because I'm I, I, it's not that I'm not that bothered. But when I'm out on certain roads, certain environments, you do you like that that's coming off, and we're going to really kind of make a point of getting the wind in the hair it probably doesn't help that my head sticks out the top a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i have to like strap my cap on with a little bit of string to my, my shirt otherwise uh, you're gonna lose it it's like flips off and it's gone i've been doing a cap a week uh, but yeah. uh, no it's uh, it's very good and i think also why that particular car has lasts as long as it has and why it you know it, i'd really like it to stay in my fleet for as long as possible uh, our fleet sorry Dave um, <laughs> is um, is there are very few times when you if I was given the option of taking one of the GT cars out or you know pretty much anything that I've got access to at the time that I would pick that a GT or something else over the spider because it's small nimble fast enough to rip along with everything else there's very few times when you start to kind of drop off the back of anything because unless you're on track and even on track um a good good friend of mine um who i race with is um he's an ex-spider owner and he absolutely rues the uh hello phil he rues <laughs> the uh the, the day that he sold it and he still kind of thinks that he's made a very very grave error um and and it you know stuck with him in the same way he was he absolutely loved it but um you know he took that on track a couple of times and he you know it was quick it's a very quick car um so yeah, yeah, you know, it is it is a car that you can do absolutely everything in. You can you can drive to Spa, you can drive around Spa, drive home, go through the uh, the mountains, make the roof down, roof up. But then equally, um, for me, a measure of a car is one that you get a bit of a fizz just doing the mundane drive to work. You know, you go actually, I enjoyed that driving. It's yeah. a boring drive, but being able to do the heel and toe. Um, set up on that car I think is second to none the pedal position is great the seating position is great and with the soundtrack that you get from it you can play it's almost like a musical instrument you can make that thing sing and do things that, that I find no other car that I've driven anyway in the Porsche lineup is quite as accomplished at doing if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was saying to you earlier Darren, I find the pedal the position of the brake pedal quite tricky on mine I find it difficult to heel and toe certainly compared to my 997 which I thought was perfect mm -hmm. for that sort of thing but uh, when I test drove the Boxster I didn't at that point own a manual car and hadn't driven a manual 
for a while until I drove Simon Jessup's 3.2 and 993 and thought, oh God, I, I'm missing something here. But a bit like you with your spider experience, I'd, I hadn't gone, I think I'd got into third gear at 25 miles an hour and I thought, wow, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that. I, I think I'd, I'd like that. And I carried on driving and then about five minutes later, I popped the top down and I was like, done. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm all in on this, um, you know, on, on this on, on this experience and those... Yeah, and that, that was all very low speed stuff, but it was, you know, it felt, just felt really good. Mm. So, Max, you're kind of representing maybe a lot of people listening to this that have gone, oh, yeah, Spider might be not quite on my radar until this point, and, and, and we're all kind of waxing lyrical about the merits of them. So, you've jumped into Darren's uh, 981 Spider for yeah. the first time. What were your thoughts from your drive? Well, I, I drove over here from home, which is only about half an hour, in my 981 box dress manual car um started with the top up but put it down in wingrave um so that was it was interesting then to get into darren's car and i was really excited about it so um the first things i noticed are things which aren't unique between the difference of the two your mind's got a bit of a bus steering wheel um i've always thought that the gear lever on mine is a little bit tall you know i feel like i'm almost sort of reaching up to it like a you know a handbrake on a rally car um and uh, and it's just got the standard seat which all although sits you very low because it doesn't have a motor back and forward so that's good it's not that supportive so i got into your car you've got that lovely gt steering wheel the the, the bucket seat and a, and a shorter shift which i'd love to get on my car i thought that's all that this feels really good but I, the yeah but i thought but are they unique to a spider could they you know i could have those in my car so, so that was good but then driving the car on the roads that I'd just driven over, my sort of lasting impression was that it's just a lot tighter than my car. You know, it's more serious. You know, it's a more serious car. Um, you know, all of the all of the controls, it just it reacts more quickly with more clarity than my car. Not that my car doesn't, you know, mine's a beautifully sharp sports car, but my car sort of dances, you know, it's got quite a, a delicate feel to it, I think. Um, and the spider just feels a bit more serious mm. um, in, a, in a really good way. Um, and the other thing which I really liked, actually, was having a bit more torque. You know, mine's the, so 3.4, 315 horsepower, which is actually a lovely amount of power for the road, and you can really gun it and that sort of thing. But you really do have to gun it. You know, it doesn't have a lot of torque. You, know, you really have to do rev, rev the nuts off it. But that's kind of fun. But I, but I like that about the Spider. You know, it's got a bit more shove and feels yeah. a bit more serious. And when I, I came round to Longmarton and turned round to go, to go back towards Wingrave and coming out of one of those corners, it did just, um, you know, it just lit up a little bit. And my car, there's, it's not often you can't give my car full, full noise. Mm. You know, it's just, it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't have the torque. But that just, you know, it just bit and the yep. traction control light came on and it, you know, it was all, you know, it was all sensory mm-hmm. and very connected mm. but you know definitely felt more serious and that was really nice actually it definitely adds to the to the i, I think you you kind of for me again i i don't know i'm kind of out there at the mm-hmm. <laughs> probably the very far end of a, some spectrum somewhere but uh for i i really like cars that you can't feel, like fully trust if you know what I mean, you can't, you know, you, so don't get me wrong, the spider, you leave all the systems on, it will, you know, it's not going to bite you, or it shouldn't bite you very seriously, so maybe nibble, <laughs> but, but 
I tend to, well, I tend to, our standard procedure is put it into sport and take the traction control off. Winter, summer, rain, ice, whatever. It just, because it tempers your driving, I find, because if you rely on the fact that you get it wrong, something in with the car is going to help you out, you know that it, that's not going to happen. So I think that moderates the way you tend to drive. And I don't drive like a lunatic, by the way, but, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I like to also know that there are there's the odd opportunity where a break of traction is something you might you know might positively encourage um and so you know you're already you're engaged you don't need to faff around pressing any buttons the car's ready to move around you know and play as you want it to play so um i think having that um that liveliness but also having that kind of sense that well okay there is enough power here to you know, to get yourself into trouble if you chose to. So, again, I think, um, you know, and I guess probably why I like old 996s because same sort of thing, you know, you're there's very limited, if it's got traction control um, and you haven't taken it out, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's a very limited traction control. It's not doing anything fancy. It's just going to cut the throttle off for you, say. Um, again, those sorts of, it, it just keeps keeps everything quite interesting all the time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I dangerous Darren. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, you know, and and if I were to have one if you know if it was to replace the car I have, it would have to be not quite a daily but almost, you know, it has to be it will have it would have to be able to do the daily thing like you yeah. use yours and it's um it still goes along the road quite nicely, you know, it's a lot more firm than yeah. my car is but not uncomfortable yeah. at all. Not at all. Um, and I think it benefits from the fact some people will look at the 981 Spider and go, oh, it's not, a, it's not a GT car. Like the 718 is a GT4, essentially. Platforms shared between the two. And um, you couldn't really argue it's not a G, doubt the, you know, GT department. But the 981 was more of a GTS with bits added on rather than a GT4 with a bit taken off. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I think that really works for it because, again, it's that little bit softer and uh if you're using car on the road and you know it, it actually is quite nice to have that slightly softer s- spring rate and you can lean on it a bit more without it necessarily immediately kind of jumping around and snapping into oversteer and you know all of those things so there is definitely um you know i think a benefit to it being ev- the evolution that car being f- from GTS to Spider yeah, rather yeah. than from GT4. Yeah, and some people say that as a in a disparaging way. They don't they? they? They say it's a you know it's a GTS in a short skirt, you know, a bit sexy kind of thing. And but the key difference because I was thinking, okay, so this so that it's about twice the price of my car. I thought in the law of of diminishing returns, is that something that I'll still aspire to after after driving your car? And I think the key thing, and this is true versus GTS as well, is that motor. Because you know, that's the motor out of a out of my old nine nine one, isn't it? It's yeah. the three eight, and you can't. I don't know where else you get that motor with that gearbox other, other than in a nine eight one Cayman GT four, of course. So mm. in a GTS, you know, you aren't going to get that that torque, that extra shove. You aren't right. gonna, you aren't going to get the intensity. Although it's, I mean, the GTS nine eight one GTS is a great looking car, so you get some of the visuals. Um, but you aren't you aren't going to get that motor. You just can't you just can't do that. Yeah. So I thought you know I could get a shorter shift. I could we could put a smaller wheel on it. All stuff that I could do here at RPM. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to 
you know, it, mm. it's just never going to have the intensity of that of that bigger motor, which 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 yeah, it was lovely. I really I really enjoyed it. Thank you for letting me drive it, especially considering we'd had some biblical rain and I could have disappeared into the boonies. <laughs> it was just here as well, like coming yeah. in nice and dry, and then as soon as you like enter like the vicinity of RPM Technic, it was just like the road was flooding. It's like, yeah. what's going on here? Well, we thought it was you guys, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. making things a bit it's more been lovely here all day. <laughs> Yeah, too true. So, Max, do you feel like you've had that moment then, you know, wanting to drive on for quite a while and, and jumping behind the wheel now? Do you kind of feel like you understand like how special these cars are purported to be? Yeah, yeah, I do. Them? I do. It's, you know, it's going back to the idea of the Venn diagram or the, or the graph, you know, where, where else do you get that, you know, at that price point? I'm just not sure, you know, for... You know, using me as an example, obviously Darren's got one here. If it's a car that you want to use regularly, you know, a bit of modernity is useful. Uh, but, um, you know, it being a relatively simple car as well, you know, uh, just a, you know, a classically simple, sweet six-speed gearbox, um, you know, th- things that hark back to, well, wind in the hair, you know, it's like a, it's like, it's like a modern old car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's just straddling a really sweet spot, which mine does to some degree, but, you know, law of diminishing returns, twice the price. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a lot more car. Um, you know, so as I'm not, you know, I've I've long thought that it's one of the best looking modern Porsches. Mm-hmm. I think the 981 Spider mm-hmm. is gorgeous, and I always have ever since it came out. And yeah, it it, it hasn't diminished my. It's basically, Greg's done a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's many years in. He's <laughs> um, got one lined up for you. Yeah, the contract's already like, written out. You just got to sign. <laughs> Something else, actually, just going back to, to, to your point, Lee, which you mentioned often about in- increasing sizes of cars. Having gone from nine nine one to nine eight one, the and I think it's the width of the car as much as anything, but a smaller smaller footprint. If you live in Buckinghamshire or Hertfordshire, you know, like we do, having more options on the road about where you can place the car because mm-hmm. it's narrow is really useful. You yeah. know, not just if you want to drive quickly, just all the time. You know, we've got some pretty craggy roads and they're busy, and Those you know, just miles. just to just to be able to move around on on the road, that's that's helpful. Um, and that's yeah, that's a real quality, I think, of that of that car as well. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. It's um, it goes back to what Darren was saying about making like the uh, boring journeys interesting. And uh, if you've got a car where, you know, we've spoken about this before on the podcast, there's no movement because it's so wide and you've got a car coming the other way and you're breathing in. It just doesn't correlate to fun. Whereas a car where it doesn't matter if somebody's coming the other way, you can like, yeah, sew the corners together and start to get a bit of a wriggle on. And that, to me, that punctuates a, what could be otherwise a boring commute or yeah, drive. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. So, um, okay, look, Grand, we'll uh, cross now to Craig Varty, who runs CSC, Craig Spider Club have a chat because uh, he is definitely a spider evangelist <laughs> most definitely um so we'll cross to craig and then we'll just jump back to the showroom here at rpm technic to finish up with a gem of the week craig varty from csc craig spider club welcome to nine radio well thank you for having me <laughs> I'm very happy to be here mate yeah super deeper we've been teeing this up for a few uh, months now actually so it's lovely for you to invite us up to uh, have this chat particularly among the cars that we're going to be talking about today. yeah absolutely um Thanks for coming. Um, yeah, it's nice to sit in a workspace and be surrounded by four-wheeled spiders. But yeah, 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 yeah it's lovely. I'm very lucky. Yeah, we've, we've, 
well, hopefully you've heard on the podcast before, we've, we speak very fondly of spiders. We've mentioned your club a lot of times, um, <laughs> despite the fact that none of our presenters are actually in the club yeah, uh, yet. Even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, look, we just, we, we love the concept of the car and we love the concept of what you do. So there's a few things to kind of explore in this conversation. Yeah. First of all, with the cars, mm. it'd be good to get an understanding of uh, where this affinity with spiders came from and, and maybe just find out a bit of your Porsche history as well. For sure, yeah. Um, massive Porsche fan. Um, started off with a um, 993 C2S, uh, I'd say 25 years ago. Um, liked it. Um, found out that it had an issue in that I saw it on police camera action that had been stolen and thrashed up the M5. No way! Yeah, so I was a bit like, mm, my pride and joy in the garage. It's like finding out you've just married an ex-prostitute, so <laughs> that might have to go. Um, so I swapped that for a 993 Turbo 4, which I absolutely loved. So it was a cracking car. You know, those in your car history where you wish you'd never sold it, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. It was a second to last one's coming to the country in a Bentley blue back colour. Anyway, we bought a house, needed an extension. Uh, that was a pocket of money that had to go to um, put the extra bedroom on. So the, uh, that went, and then I went through quite a few 911s, um, and then I was always between 911s and I love BMW M3s as well, so I was always flitting between an M3 and a 911. Uh, once we got to 997s, I was then not into M3s anymore, loved 997s, I had quite a few of them, um, manual turbo from my favourite, um, and just... Worked my way through, and then uh, 991 Turbo S I had for years. That was my daily for six years. Gen 1. Gen 1, yeah, yeah. So 991 Gen 1 GT Silver, lovely car. Did 30,000 miles in it over six years, and just brilliant. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to have a few other bits at the same time. Um, I had a 993 Cab, and I had a GT4. I had, uh, I can't remember what else, but, um, but the... The thing that got me into the Spider is I loved the 993 cab. I loved the look of the Spider. I thought, actually, maybe I might go to something a bit more modern and go to a Spider and replace the 993. Plus, I was in the 991.1 Turbo S daily. So driving that quick everywhere was so easy. Um, and I thought, actually, I wouldn't mind getting back to something that is, you know, tying me back into driving again, rather it, it driving me, me driving it, and just slow me down a bit. And... Um, Mentioned it actually to uh, a buyer of Sydney who was sat in my garage by my nine, nine it was by my GT4 actually off me and uh, he saw my 993 cab. He said, If you ever want to sell that, um, which we thought was quite strange from you know, an OPC really, but yeah. it, it was an absolute minter. And he was like, and he obviously had somebody in mind for it. So I rang him up and said, Do you know what? I would trade it if you can get me into a spider. And he rang me back and said, I've got one coming in. And he sent me the details. I went, I love it. So we did a PX on it. So it was a 981 white spider classic interior in fact it's currently for sale at jzm at the minute lovely lovely car so i had that and uh, really enjoyed it and then the 718 was coming out and to get the allocation for the 718 spider i had to let my 981 go back against it so i was spiderless for probably two or three months <laughs> which felt a bit like mm. but and then when the 718 came um yeah, it just I just fell in love with it quite you know, apart from the apart from the uh, the sound of it. Yeah, you know, I wanted to the exhaust just sounded a bit naff after a nine eight one, of which has now been resolved. But it's um but as a car, just loved it. Um 
And that was, um, yeah, so that I got that October uh, 2000 and 2019. And loved it, was driving around on my own quite a lot doing bits, not, not ever seeing any other spiders, really. And just getting to know the car more and trusting it more and loving the balance of it, loving the front end, loving all about it. It's just like, need to fix the sound, which I did with, uh, with help from... Mr. Johnny Cocker at JCR, who, to be honest for me, just turns it around from sounding pretty dull to really, really nice. Um, so thank you for that, Johnny. Um, <laughs> so that fixed the sound. And then it was a case of shame we don't, I have, shame I don't ever see any other spiders. Literally just never saw them, you know. And if you did, it was like, oh, there's one over there. You look like a madman pointing at it. But it was just a case <laughs> of I'd love to see some more spiders. So I'd had the car for a bit. And then along came covid and yeah, you know, sat in lockdown, not doing much. Probably more of us spending more time on Instagram and stuff than we probably used to do. And me putting pictures up of my spider and then making a note of people really that were responding that also had spiders and in a little notebook that I kept. So then if I put a picture of my spider up, I tagged those people. And, and through that, there were sort of 20 of us where I'm thinking, oh, I found about 20 guys with spiders. That's quite unbelievable. Uh, so I did some digging around. I was like, what's the biggest ever spider gathering in the UK? You know, what, what else is out there? And I found that somebody, uh, Rich, had, had organized a couple of uh, meets at Caffeine and Machine. And he'd got like, he'd done quite well. He'd got like eight or 10 together. I thought, oh, fair play. I'd love to be part of something like that. So just sat there and I'm looking around thinking God, when we're allowed to get out of our houses it'd be quite nice to meet up with someone and then um, Porsche uh, PCGB had a track day down at Butt for Goodwood on May the 4th so that'd be May the 4th uh, 2021 so I thought do you know it'd be great to get a few to have a little convoy down to Goodwood watch a bit of the track day see if I can beat 10 spiders so I put on my Instagram, guys, you want to get together May the 4th? And the guys that were on there were like, yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. I said, actually, what I'll do then, I'll put a uh, WhatsApp group together so we can just coordinate each other um, instead of trying to do it all on Instagram. If I do a WhatsApp, then we can say, like, meet here. Yeah, all that, yeah. Just pure for logistics, really. And because we're all locked up at home, I thought, you know, I'll launch the WhatsApp a bit early so we might have a bit of chat on there. So I launched it on January the 28th way ahead of May the 4th. I said, look, guys, I know this is early, um, but I thought I'd launch this now because um, there was like 20 of us committed to meeting on May the 4th. So this is going to be great. We're going to smash the 10 to 20. Well, hey. And then it was actually, I know somebody's got a spider. Can he join this WhatsApp chat? I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Anyway, before I knew it, we had 50 committed to come in to May the 4th, plus about another 30 um Porsches, not yeah, you know, not spiders. So I thought, great. So we all met up on May the fourth for the first time in um, twenty twenty one, and um, at, at Cobham Services, and there was like eighty cars. I was like, oh, this is a bit big. So fifty of us went for breakfast at the Mulberry Inn, which has become almost our you know, meeting point for the southeast. We go there a lot; it's fantastic there. And um, and the other thirty Porsches we put in badgers for for breakfast. And we got down to May the 4th at the, at the um, track day and PCGB were, were great. Uh, they, were like, they loved it because it was supporting their track day and it was tons of spiders rocked up. Uh, Goodwood were great about it. Uh, in the lunch hour, they got the, let us fill two grids up with 25 cars per grid. And awesome. it was like great awesome. you know, photo opportunity. 
and we just had a cracking day out. And and I thought, oh, what a great day out, great accomplishment. And I literally thought, when do I turn the WhatsApp group off? You know, do I turn it off like a week later? Anyway, the WhatsApp group's busy as people are putting their pictures up, and it's like, oh, actually, you know, we're averaging back then probably. 30, 40, 50 messages a day. And, oh, I've got a mate that's got one. It's growing all the time. I think, I should, I think I'm going to be able to turn this thing off. <laughs> I think I've built something. And then, and then some people are like, Craig, this is a bit much. You know, I'm, I'm losing track of what's going on because we're now up to 100 messages a day and there's event stuff coming on and I've missed dicks. It's 100. So then I set up the events group, which, which only at, at then only I could post on there. So the information wouldn't get lost. Some, some, some people, the traffic on like the general chat became too much and they dropped off it and, and they just stay on the events group to pick up stuff. And for example, today, the group, the club's 300 and 345 spider owners. And I think 300 of them are on the main chat. Uh, whereas 345 are all on the events. Yeah. And that's not just UK. You've got some. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's mainly UK. I mean, even May the fourth this year, we had um, five spiders come over from Germany, one from Belgium, and one actually from South Africa. We leaves it here, and he flies over from South Africa oh, for awesome. our events, which is pretty awesome. awesome. Barry and his lovely dad or his lovely mum come over, so they're, they're they're fantastic. They come to all the events. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, it's predominantly UK. Uh, there's a couple of couple of joined us recently from Switzerland and stuff. So it's it's starting to spread out a little bit. Um, but predominantly UK, and um, and now we've got four regions to it as well. So uh, we've got the the north, the Midlands, East Anglia, and the southeast, um, and a southwest one slowly growing. Um, so and they have monthly meetups, and then sometimes one region goes to the other region. It's but it's all really loosely done and and all organised by people that are in the club, um, and just all driven through passion really. And everything's done at cost. When we do our two day tours, like we did a southwest tour. Um, earlier on this year we all paid costs but it worked out that we had about 600 quid left over so we gave that to a local children's charity and so we just it's just for fun and passion there's no financial driver behind it awesome absolutely awesome so it's it's grown exponentially it kind of feels like then and and certainly from what we see on instagram there's lots of different bits and pieces going on as you've kind of pointed out road trips and as well as like the cars and coffees and and whatnot where where do you see it going well, that's an interesting one. I mean, it, it is organically growing quite nicely at the minute. You know, some weeks I might not add anybody, but then some weeks I add somebody every day. You know, it's, yeah. so it's it's people that are finding us, people that have got because the criteria um, to the club is you either need to own a spider or have one on order. Yeah, that's part number one and part number two. We joke about, but it is true, and you can't be a dick. So if somebody's not very nice or whatever, they just can't be a member of it. We're, we're not yeah. interested. Um, so yeah, it, it's growing quite nicely. So I mean, May the fourth, as I say, two thousand twenty-one, we had fifty spiders there, which we thought was amazing. And then we've we've kept that date as our big annual event. Um, so there's loads of stuff happening. There's stuff happening every month, but the big one being, and it's called the big one, being May the fourth. And then um, last year, so twenty twenty-two, we had ninety-seven of us on the banking of Brooklands and then we went up to Caffeine Machine for lunch and then we hired the Porsche Experience Centre in Silverstone and we're all over there. And then uh, this year for May the 4th, so May the 4th, 2023, we had 130 spiders together and we're all down to Bewley and that was brilliant. And then for May the 4th next year, it's um, in its early stages, but if I can pull it off, it's going to be pretty mega. So it's um, 
I'd rather not say it now because if it doesn't come off, I'll look a bit of an idiot. <laughs> um, well but if I can pull off what I'm trying to do, it'll be pretty amazing. Yeah. I always try and do, if you can try and do something which would be difficult to do on your own, it's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if I can pull this off for May the 4th next year, it'll definitely fit that criteria. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you if you sell your spider, do you get booted out of the group? Is oh, that... 100%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I am a bit brutal with it. Um, <laughs> if I see somebody's spider's gone, in fact, I generally know the spider's gone because somebody's bought it and they want to join the club and I tap in the reg and go, hang on, it's already yeah. in here. Yeah, it's deep and I'll send them a subtle message, mate, have you sold your spider? Oh, yeah, Craig, sorry, mate, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> now, if they're between spiders, if they've got one common or whatever, that's slightly different. I've got a couple of guys in there that have sold theirs, but they, they bring so much to the group, let's say technically, as in if somebody's got any kind of fault, they're on hand, that it'd just be wrong for them to leave. So they're not, they're actually not allowed to leave, even if they wanted to. Um, <laughs> Honorary members. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, mainly if people have sold, I ask them, not that I hate it if they make me remove them. I ask them to remove themselves mm-hmm. if they've sold. Um, but as I say, if it's, if they're between spiders, that's different. Yeah. If they've sold it, gone to something else and they don't see themselves ever coming back to it, I ask them to go. And I know it might find a, sound a bit brutal, but if I don't, it'll just dilute what the club is yeah, yeah. Uh, and the massive thing that we've all got together is that we all own these fabulous cars and we all want to get together in them and if you had a big percentage of it where they didn't own them anymore it, it would dilute the essence of the club yeah and it, we talk about it away from the mic weren't we that it's you know it's important to be able to have the freedom to cultivate your own culture and, and to, uh, to allow people to to join in with whatever your kind of vision chooses to be ultimately Correct. It's, and, it, and it's clearly a very successful you know enterprise and well enterprise is, is probably the wrong word but endeavor certainly yeah. so um yeah look congratulations on thank you on, on that and and yeah we we love everything we see about csc yeah thank you so i want to go back to like the 981 so your first um yep. first go in a in a spider then if you like what was different about that kind of emotionally compared to say it was a lot of 911s that you've had before yeah what yeah what what was different i love the fact that well i think as soon as you can take a roof off a car you connect in with the environment a bit more and it can enhance the experience so there was that the sound of 981 just brilliant it's yeah it's like a hoot really it's just it's almost like this can't be stock but it is um and i love the fact that you had to work at it and you know it, they're not the quickest, most powerful cars, but but when you get them up on song, they're great. And I quite like the fact that you had to work at it. And and then when you do crack on in them, the balance is just awesome. Yeah, you know, that there's no getting away from it. I think with that car, it starts from the chassis, and the chassis is good because the engine's pretty much in the middle of it. Uh, and then all the good bits that Porsche add around it, you know, good steering, good engine, good brakes, they just enhance the thing that from the get go, i.e., the chassis is good. I love the size of them, you know, the, the, the size of, they almost feel like you're in a, the, well, the 996, 997 size kind of yeah. feel. The car's wrapped around you. Um, and, and it feels like you can trust it. If you if you put it in into a bend, I was never one for, I was always be, maybe back off a bit cautious around bends. I'm not saying I'm a lunatic and drive around every bend flat out now. It's not the case, but uh, the feedback you get from the car around a bend doesn't scare you. It's not an intimidating car yeah i remember when i had a tvr that was quite intimidating you didn't know what it was going to do the weight transfer and the power delivery it was all quite edgy is it going to bite me is it going to chuck me in the edge um whereas the the spider doesn't feel like that at all and um yeah i I love it you know i guess somebody asked me last year i had a 992 gt3 touring which was a 
you know, lo- lovely car. Um, um, recently sold it, but I, I went to Festival Speed in that on Thursday last year, and then I went um, on the in the Friday in my GT Silvercom, so a manual 718 Spider. And uh, somebody in the car park, in the PCGB car park, said, Ah, oh, so you were here yesterday in the touring, you were in the Spiders today. What's the difference like? And it, when I heard the words come out of my mouth, I thought, Actually, it's not a bad summary, in that both journeys were great, so exactly the same route, same time. Both quick, both lovely, lovely cars. But there was bits of the journey in the touring where I, I was probably having a little bit of an argument with the car because it was because it's so accurate and it will chase camber and. Um, but with a spider, I just kind of had, had a laugh with it all the way down, <laughs> and and that's the way that I kind of put it. Don't get me wrong, touring's a fantastic, accomplished, great car, but there's something about the spider which um, has just got under my skin, really. Yeah. Um, I just. I love the feedback and I just love how it makes you feel when you're driving. Around. Yeah, I leave my office, go home. And as long as the weather's not pouring down, sometimes what would be a boring drive home, I can take the roof off the car, have a bit of a blast home and it, it's turned a boring drive into quite a nice little adventure. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's and, a great description there between the touring and, and the spider. Yeah. I think that's spot on. There's something that you said to me, this was, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago, no, Craig, we mm. were on the phone. And we were talking about um, the community that the cars kind of uh, galvanize. And, mm. and, and you said that, you know, there's a lot of people in CSC who have a spider, but also have a lot of other toys and perhaps kind of um, price point are considerably more. But the spider is the car that's like tends to be like the go to yep. car. I think that speaks volumes for how well a spider is is thought of among enthusiasts agreed yeah. really you know yeah i love i love the fact that one thing that's great about the spider and 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 on on that point lee is that we could have somebody that joins a club who owns a spider and it might be the most expensive car they've ever owned and probably will be the most expensive car they will ever own um and then you've got guys at the other end of the scale where they've got a collection and it, and it might well be the cheapest car that they own, but they absolutely love it. And the car becomes the leveller. And um, that's what I really like about the club, really, in that the guys are from all different walks of life and different financial profiles. Uh, but when it comes to the car, it respectful about each other's as well. Like we discussed earlier, you know, if, if one guy wants PDK and comforts, that doesn't mean he's wrong for it not being a manual with buckets. Sure. You know, it, it's whatever yeah. he wants and whatever works for him. He might have tried the other one and preferred that one. You know, it, it's not one for all. And it, it's a case of if that's what they like and suits them, fair play. They've bought what they wanted. Yeah. Um, and I always like that. You know, somebody might pick it, a, a car and a colour think, I won't go for that colour. But I'm really glad somebody else has because I get to look at it, enjoy it in that colour, you know, without me having to buy it personally. Um but yeah, it's interesting. I think guys that when you spend more on your car, the expectation of it is that it's so much better. And then I think it can put that in question sometimes when they jump back in their spider and they go, wow, this is worth a fraction of what else they might have in their stable, but it's not a fraction of the fun and the enjoyment. Um, and I like it back to basics driving, really. You know, it's, it, it's nice that they're naturally aspirated. It's nice that they're real world drive. And, and the more you can strip it back and save a bit of weight and, and keep, keep the car quite simple, then I, for me, that enhances the, the experience. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's testament to the car, you know, in that 
if these things weren't very good, the guys that are jumping in and out of cars worth several hundred thousand, if the spider wasn't good, they'd get it and go, I need to get rid of this, it's rubbish. But they don't, yeah. uh, which is testament to the car. Yeah. They, they punch above their weight, to be honest. Oh, without a doubt. And I think kind of you um, hit the nail on the head earlier, but to elaborate on it, I think where these spiders are winning, and as I said, we are surrounded by them, we're going <laughs> to talk about those in a minute, but it's cars generally, right, particularly sports cars, getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And perhaps the engagement that we're looking for as purists is kind of being stripped back, mm-hmm. or certainly it's harder to have that readily available in from behind the driver's seat. And exactly as you said with this spider, is it seems to be hitting a real sweet spot with people. Mm. Um, that purity of driving, lightweight within a modern kind of context, rear-wheel drive, um, footprint as well. You said earlier, mm. 996, 997 sort of level of mm. footprint. It's a world away from a 992, which Correct. is very, very big, very wide. And uh, But at the same time, still offers that modernity, the things that you do want, i.e. Uh, first-rate safety systems, mm. um, comfort systems, uh, PCM, I suppose, as well, to, to, to help you kind of go about your day-to-day driving. So that seems to sit in a real nice spot, if that makes sense. I, I agree. And I quite like it that the spiders have got uh, like the old entertainment system in it, and they've got... Yeah, if you get in the car, it doesn't feel like a modern layout. You get in a 992, you've got a huge touchscreen there and all that goes with it. But I actually quite like it that these cars have got a few buttons yeah. Yeah, in that you know what that button does. And when you're in your car, you just drop your hand to hit the button. You don't have to think about it. There's no touching the screen to a menu. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like the simplicity of it. Um, there's no anxiety of which to press, which menu and all that. It's, it's more straightforward. Um, so I, I think... As cars are getting faster and better in some ways, as in technically better, but that doesn't mean that it's as enjoyable to drive down the road. And and I think certainly with turbocharged cars, anything that's got that massive low-end grunt where you don't have to work for it... um, I'll come back to this point, but PDK transmission as well. Yeah, it's that is so you're effectively just pushing one pedal on the right. It's like a scale electric car, yeah, which yeah. is which is awesome sometimes. But if you're going down your favourite B road, there's nothing more romantic for me of and really enjoying that drive uh, of having a manual box and a naturally aspirated engine. Yeah. But that, each to their own, though. Somebody would prefer a turbocharged automatic car, but yeah. for me. When you get it all hooked up, don't get me wrong, no traffic. You, know, you can soon fall out of love with a manual box if it's got a heavy clutch and you're sat in traffic. Um, but on that good driving road, on that good day, when it all, when it all lines up and you're in that manual car, I think it's probably as good as it gets. Yeah, it's um, great. I can see you glowing on it yeah. as well, you know, which is great. Um, and uh, people say to me, because I'm lucky enough to have a few different spiders, which do you prefer, the manual or the PDK? And I often say I always prefer the one I've just got out of. You know, so I'm in the PDK car today, and it, it's brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. And the sound of it on gear change is just, wow, it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Yeah, and there's, there's actually nothing. It'd be, it's very, very difficult to pick between the manual and the PDK 718, which is why well, I got one of each. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but no, it is really. Um, <laughs> but it, they are both brilliant. You know, it's yeah. not for one to say, oh, that one's better. I'm like, not sure, you know, they're, they've both got their merits. Yeah, they fulfil um, different purpose, they don't do. they? So, should, should we touch base on that then? So, um, 
obviously in being like the, the spider evangelist, I think <laughs> it's fair to call you, we're sitting among like there's three 718 spiders here. There's one out the front. Mm. You own five in total, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So talk us through your kind of thought process to amass all these spiders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's probably not a lot Are you of worried GTA about who's it. listening? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, GT Silver Car, the manual car. Um, so that's the one that I got in October 19. Absolutely love that car. Uh, it means a lot to me. That's the one where I started CSC in it as well. So lots of the early footage, it's all with that car. With, yeah. Yeah. The number plate 123 Spy on it. Um, it's a manual car because obviously when 718s came out first, it was only a manual option. Um, I've, I've got a JCR silenced unit on there with a car graphics valve controller to leave the valves open if you want to. Um, I've also got a lightweight flywheel on it. Um, and it's done about 15,000 miles. It's got the two-way manual seats um, and absolutely love it. There's something about that car that almost, if you said you can only keep one, would probably keep that one. Maybe because of a big dollop of nostalgia, uh, but I do like the lightweight flywheel. Um, I do like the exhaust and I do like the two-way seats. Yeah, I love the 18 ways, but the two ways actually get physically a little bit lower because okay, yeah, you've not yeah. got the motors underneath. Um but, um, so, yeah, so that's my uh, forever spider, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can't see me ever selling that car. That's yeah. well and truly yeah, part of me that I absolutely adore it. Um, so that was the, the first spider. Then the second one, well, it was an interesting one. So I've, I've got um, a paint-to-sample spider on order, which may or may not happen. I don't think it will now, actually. But the big question was, and this is almost like man maths, almost convincing myself to do something. So you have to bear with me. <laughs> do I, the man, question on the paint sample car was, do I put a PDK gearbox in it or a manual? So I thought, do you know what? I didn't want to put, I didn't want to make a mistake. This is me convincing myself that it was okay to go and buy another car. So I thought, go and buy a PDK car, live with that for a couple of months. If I really like it, then maybe that's what I should put in the paint sample okay. car. Yeah. And then it means that I've got one of each. So it makes perfect sense. So I'm sat at home, bored in December. I see a nice sharp blue one for sale. Uh, I won't mention uh, an OPC. So bought unseen, 3,000 miles, great spec. Ceramics, bucket seats, PDK. I'm thinking that's probably quite a nice contrast against my manual uh, comfort seats uh, car. So the, the sharp blue car arrived. Loved how it drove. It had um, what the Michelin's bought four S tires on it as well, which really compliant. Um, but I wasn't happy with the condition of it, of which they told me over the phone it was um, absolutely mint, not a mark on it, and that wasn't the case. So I drove it for 30 miles, loved how it drove, didn't love the condition, so I sent the car back. Um, disappointed, um, fair, fair play to the LPC, sent me the money back and apologised. You know, it was one of those things, just didn't, maybe somebody who's not that finicky about the cars would have accepted it, but I... I love my cars. I, I wash and detail them all myself. I don't let anybody near them. You know, the, so I'm a bit, bit anal. And it, for me, it was just like, no, that, that's not going to cut it. Then a pal of mine said, actually, there's a cancelled order in southeast London. Um, Arctic grey car, PDK, buckets, ceramics, brand new, massive, massive specs, stitching everywhere, carbon. Uh, in Already PPF'd, but in, in satin. So I thought, mm, not sure satin's for me. But I'll go and have a look at the car. Went to have a look at it, loved the spec that much where I thought, if I don't 
warm to the satin, I'll, uh, I'll just take it off and put normal PPF on it. It's yeah. worth it because the spec of the car is that good. So I bought it, changed the wheels from black to silver because I'm a silver wheel guy, and put my decals on it and, and thought, ah, what a car, just brilliant. What a great, yeah, I'm going to sit this alongside my manual. And when it comes to specking the paint sample car, um, I'll let this one go and the paint sample I'll have as PDK. Then I've got one of each. Great. Job done. Then it became apparent that the uh, production run of the Spider and the GT4 was going to stop. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Then I'm thinking, again, this is your man math. Convince yourself. <laughs> I won't mind something for myself for future. What happens when I can't buy these cars anymore? You know, they're going to be electric. I'm not going to want that electric new Spider. I'm going to want what I've got now, but a new one. When, I've, when mine are getting a bit old and tired, still great, but quite like a new one. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll try and buy myself another couple of spiders to my spec and time capsule them for myself, for my future cars. So then I got an opportunity to buy one and spec it, which is the white one. Spec that with blue belts, blue stitching, knowing I'd do blue stripes, blue decals, blue brake calipers. Um, and that was going to be my time capsule. I've had it two months. It should have done no miles. It's done 1,800. So it's like, <laughs> that didn't work. I just love the car that much. I've used it. And it was one of the three cars that went with us down to Le Mans Classic. My son yeah. Zander took it down there. Um, so it's like, okay. And then the other two, yeah, I've got an Arctic Grey PDK car sat in its glass box as a time capsule. And then one today, which is a the Crayon car. Not to everybody's taste. It's Crayon with classic interior, red roof. Um, I think it looks classy. I really like it. Yeah. Um, silver wheels, ceramics. Everything I wanted in it. So the idea is that the white car and the crayon car are my future new cars. Um, and the other Arctic PDK car, I'll probably let go to a mate of mine. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's, that's where we sit. Um, yeah. And so that's it, really, with, with, the, with the production run of those cars until the RS comes. Um, yeah. So it's... Um, yeah. So I've been a bit greedy, if I'm honest. But <laughs> no, I love it. I, love I had the, the opportunity, so I took it. it yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's absolutely banging. Yeah. Um, I'm chuffed as well. Like I was saying off the mic, that um, it's a touch of luck. Really, we're recording this podcast on the day that you've you've had like the collection of of that latest spider. Yeah, so, it was um, delivered to me today. So what I do with all of my cars, they they get collected from the dealer um, by Auto Protect, and they take them off and fully detail them, fully PPF them put the decals on it that I want on them and then they deliver them back to me so it's good service from them. Um, going to do it slightly different with the, because um, I've been lucky enough to get a, an allocation for a Spider RS and with that, what we're going to do is it will be collected by Ozprotec, they will do the PPF but then they will take it back to the dealer mm -hmm. and then I'll have a collection day from the dealer and there's about 30 spiders come into it and we'll, we'll turn it into a, a day out, go out for some lunch somewhere or something, a little drive. That's awesome. Because yeah, I wanted the drive away experience of that to be yeah be nice to do something at the dealer and drive away from the dealer and yeah some dead chuff to be getting one of those yeah and, and to have yeah. people along as well yeah know? exactly like, pleasure Second shared one. is a pleasure doubled isn't yeah, it yeah 100 percent. So, yeah i'd um i've said like previously on the podcast with the the, the spider rs the, the concept doesn't sit amazingly well with me because mm -hmm. what i what i like about rs's to date is they are like homologated road cars for the for the race cars yep um obviously you're going to think different to that in, in having one on order. So I'm, mm. I'm kind of interested to see kind of how you felt when the RS came out, what you expect this Spider RS will deliver over and above like these amazing machines that you've already got and just you yeah. know, explore that side. It's a real interesting one. And um, 
look, we, all, we always want the next best thing. It's coming out, you want it? Yeah, of course I do. Um, <laughs> especially if it's limited and nobody can get them. I want one even more. You know, it's silly, <laughs> greedy human nature kicking in. But when you boil it back to, is it going to be a better, um, is it going to be a better road spider than what I've already got? That remains to be seen, you know, and the way that I've got my current spiders, for example, my Arctic grey and satin is probably halfway to the RS in that it's, it's got a JCR unsilenced, so it's, so it's, it's quite noisy in a, in a good way. I've, yeah. got the, I've got the car graphics valve controller on it. It's got ceramics. It's got buckets. It's, it's a much more focused, louder, edgy car than my GT Silver manual car, uh, which I like. I like that they've got that contrast. So it's going to be interesting to see whether, like my Arctic car, is as far as you should take a Spider, or whether the RS was worth doing that to it. Now, obviously, I love my Spiders. I jump in and out of them. I'm also lucky enough to have a GT4 RS, so I'm kind of probably got half the experience to what the Spider RS is going to be like. And if you compare those two cars, um, the GT4 RS, I think, I absolutely love the car. It's bonkers. You know, it's... Um, um, I just love everything about it. it. Is it a bit too stiff for the road? Maybe a little bit. You know, on some roads you don't notice it, on others you do. Um, I ordered my car with magnesiums on it with Cup 2s. I then took them off and I've got a set of uh, the alloys. You can, have, you can have magnesiums or alloys. So yeah. I put alloys on it with the um, Pilot Sport 4S's on. And with those wheels and tyres on, it drives brilliantly. There's no tracking. There's no tram lining. Way more compliant than my uh, 992 GT3 Touring was. Okay, yeah. I can easily do the school run in the GT4 RS. It feels really compliant. Some people say it's too noisy. I really don't think it is. It's only noisy under compression, you know, and, and over at certain revs. If you're just tootling around in it and you turn the exhaust off, it's very, very livable. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I get your point on an RS as well. An RS for me has always been exactly as you described. So, should they be doing an open top car? and putting the RS badge on it. For me, I love the thought of the open-top car. I love the thought of that spider. There's two elements to, a few elements to it which I'm looking forward to sampling. Going between the spider and the GT4S, the spider's got quite long ratios, um, less so in the PDK. So it's, okay. the ratios are fairly long in the manual. You know, first, I'll nearly do 50. Second, I'll do 85. Um, in the PDK cars, they're about 8% shorter. Okay. So people that have moaned about the long ratios on the manual cars, they almost solved it with a PDK car. With the GT4 RS, they're about 15% shorter than the ratios in a Spider. So when you jump in the GT4 RS, you instantly notice that you're going through the gears way quicker because of the shorter ratios. And then with the more power, it, it makes it, a seriously, seriously exciting car to drive. So one thing that's going to be interesting in the Spider RS, it's going to have really short ratios and it's going to have an engine that's got a bit more clout to it. But that said, the engine in the Spider is, is, is brilliant. You know, it's, and I never drive that car and think, oh, wish this engine was a bit, it's brilliant. It reads, Red, it red lines at 8,000 and it revs hard all the way to it. And it's exciting. It's an exciting car to drive. So does it need to be a 9,000 and not 8? No. Will it be more exciting? It might well be. So I'm delighted to have an allocation. I can't wait to drive the thing. Um, I think the short ratios coupled with some more screaming power and 
from what they've said, they've softened the suspension on the Spider RS versus the GT4 RS. It might just be brilliant. Whether yeah, it should okay. have an RS badge on it or not it, yeah, is, is up for debate. But um, I, I, one thing that doesn't look as good on it is where the air intake is for the engine. Uh, you look at, I'm looking at that spider now, and it says spider, where it says spider is where the air intake is. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't look as pretty. The roof yeah. looks to be a bit of a mess. Um, but yeah, ask me in a few months. Well, know. this is it. I'm thinking, Craig, like maybe we should. Like, so yeah. Once you've taken delivery and you've got some miles under your belt, yeah, particularly definitely. in comparison to you know, your experience with all of the others, it yeah. might be, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get you back on and just get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think you're, you're I mean, the man to, to <laughs> tell us what it's like. So, And there's nothing like the AB comparison as well, because you do forget, you yeah. know, it's like I'm jumping in out the white one and getting the silver one, both manual. One's got, a, uh, yeah, the lightweight flywheel, the other one hasn't. Yeah, it's good to actually have that AB direct comparison. Without a doubt. Um, and the same with the exhausts, you know, the difference between the different exhausts, it's, you think, oh, you, you try and remember what it sounded like, but there's nothing like jumping in one car, jump straight into another and absolutely compare them back to back. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm hoping that the Spider RS doesn't disappoint. One thing that will be interested in, we've discussed this within the group because, um, yeah, Spider RSs are going to be quite limited and there's, I know, three or four of the guys that are all, have also got allocations for them. Uh, well, told that we've got allocations, that the dealers haven't, actually got them yet by, okay, by the yeah, sounds of yeah. it. but we've been told when they come through we've got them and we're saying do we think they're going to be better do we think we're going to enjoy these cars more than we enjoy our current spiders and one thing which I think will have a negative impact on the enjoyment of the spider RS is its value and how precious we are around them and one thing that's and that sounds bad because these, these cars are still 100 grand a pop but when there's 20 of us on a tour or like 18 of us just went down to Le Mans Classic, um, you do pick up, you do pick up, you know, luckily the PPF, so the, the, the PPF is taking the few stone chips, windscreens, you end up going through them. But you, we might enjoy the experience less if we're more precious about, oh my God, I've got a chip on it, you know. Without um, so it'd be interesting to see. I think we'll end up being probably a little bit more choosy on what we do with them. But again, that's not a good thing. Yeah, you know, I, I love the thing of just getting it. And even the manual roofs on these, they're a bit fiddly. You have to stop and get out, but they're quick. You get it down to, you're not out for long and the roof's up on, and you're off again. Whereas the RS looks well fiddly. Um, but it looks great. I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm delighted to have an allocation. I can't wait to get one. But yeah. it's an interesting point of, you know, will it be better though? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, to be continued on yeah, that then. Agreed, and, yeah. and as I say, yeah, we'd, we'd appreciate your in, insight yeah, on the no podcast. Um, kind of one more question to finish, really, and it's kind of an obvious one with possibly an obvious answer, but these cars are finishing now in terms of having uh, an internal combustion engine with them. Mm. So, you know, how, how does that make you feel? That's sad. I mean, I think, I think this platform, the 718 platform, has become... Um, Porsche's sports car as such the 911s have all got bigger and I'm, I'm, I'm talking broadly because the 911s have I think taken up where Porsche wanted to take the 928 almost now you know you, my missus has got a 992 C4 it's a great cruiser you know it's a real good mile muncher loads of torque it's a great car there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it goes well stops well looks good it doesn't really get under my skin um my 50th anniversary car does, 
naturally aspirated rear drive manual. Yeah, that car does. Yeah. So maybe that's just horses for courses. But so when I when I think that Porsche basically turned off the production line to the Spider and the GT4, it's quite sad in a way, you know, because I think it's it's they're just brilliant cars. You know, there's once once you get once you've done a few miles in in that mid engine platform, um, they get under your skin and they're just fantastic. And and the thought that that's now gone and all electric. It's quite sad um, for me. For other people, might absolutely love it as an electric car um, and say, "Look, there's other choices to go to." But for me, I think it's sad because I think it's an absolute sweet spot that car yeah. uh, for a whole host of reasons. So yeah, it's. I think production is pretty much this month. You know, it's they said June was the last ones. I think there's a few wow, sat, okay. sat on the yeah. uh, on the production line in July. They're saying last cars delivered August. Wow. So that's it. So there's there's been a bit of a flurry of them on the last few boats coming over, which which is why on the um, on the portal you'll see a few more for sale used cars because to get the last ones, people have generally had to hand theirs back, oh. either financially or or a uh, requirement from the dealer to yeah. get the, the. So you'll see it's disproportionate to have quite a few more spiders pop up at this time of year. So it's a case of okay, they've come on the market because they're part X against the new ones. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting. You've spent on six months' time. There aren't going to be a new one. So that everything coming on the portal, they'll all be used. So it's going to be, it's different. You know, a car might look high mileage with 10,000 on now because you can get a new one. When you can't get a new one, 10,000 looks low. Yeah, right. So it's going yeah. to be quite different to how people's perception of mileage when you can't buy a new one anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, people were slow to wake up. Not not slow to wake up, it's wrong long way. I don't think people knew that the production was stopping. I think people had this in their mind that everything's going fully electric at the end of this decade, but not that some lines were getting stopped. So I spoke to some people and said, you do realise it's stopping this, you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know? And yeah. it's, um, some people just didn't know. Um, and I think it's caught maybe one or two napping. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sad. Bit of a shame. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it can be interesting to see how the spider story develops particularly this summer then, yeah. you know, and, and, and certainly into the next year with, with values and, Agreed, yeah. and people realizing these cars aren't going to be made anymore. Mm. And then again, you know, in five years time, I think from a, from a purist point of view, yeah. I just think these cars are going to look more and more special. I love your comment as well. Like the 992 is sort of like the 928 in disguise. Mm. I think that is absolutely bang on. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, Craig, thank you very much for your time today on Nine Works Radio. Appreciate you sharing your story. Appreciate you um, letting us into a little bit of Craig Spider Club for a bit. We've said it's a it's a brilliant endeavour. Wish you all the all the success with it and, and with everybody involved. And yeah, we'll get you back on to yeah. talk about Spider RS in not too not <laughs> too long. Great. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Back at the showroom at RPM Technics. So thanks to Craig for giving his time there and also for letting us have a little drive of the of the seven one eight as well. That was absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, so we've got a gem of the week to cover off, Max. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Nineworks Marketplace gem of the week. It's one of those cars actually uh, that you look at and you think, right? How am I going to how am I going to buy this? You know, what what kind of deal can I get out of Greg? No deal, I know. So how am I going to get? You know, oh, you know, you sort of have all of those sorts sorts of thoughts because it's just a car that you don't see very often. But again, going back to the graph and the Venn diagram, it fits somewhere in there quite neatly. And it's the, you probably know what it is, um, 991.1 GTS manual. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We could have sold that car 10 times over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. Some stuff that you like, 
I know it's a gate, a bit sober for you. You like something a bit more excitingly, but it doesn't have a sunroof. Okay. So, you know, it's got, you know, it's ticking all the boxes, you know, for someone, and I know, I know people say, don't be stupid, it's nothing like it, you know, for someone who can't afford a GT3 Touring, you know, if you're like miles away from that, you know, £100,000 away, you know, that car's got a lot of qualities, mm. I think, uh, of, a, of a really special, engaging, again, modern, but interesting 911. Yeah. A really, really cool car, I think. I'm not surprised that I looked at it yesterday and it was... Mm. Uh, you know, I just popped up and now it's gone to, to, to reserved. I'm not surprised at all, but I didn't want to not mention it. Mm, no, good shout. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great shout. I'm already looking at 991s and going, that's such a pretty little thing, you know, optimal word being little next to a 992. And it's just the, f- the front axle when you put a 992 next to a 991 mm. and look across the, the 991 so much more narrow. I know the GTS is a wide body. Yeah. Like my mind's already going down that, that route already. And actually, Greg, you had a lovely uh, PTS, Lava Orange GTS in. Yeah, that looks great. Oh, that was a beauty. Yeah. And, you know, all the cars we sell are, are, are genuinely lovely, and anyone can come and have a look. But, um, <laughs> you know, you can sometimes drive 100 cars, and, and one will just feel a bit different. That particular car, that Lava Orange car, I don't know whether it's just led the gentlest life of any 911 I've ever sat in, but absolutely silent inside it gearbox and engine just absolutely sweet it just it's just it just feels nice um it's a subjective one maybe but yeah that car drives really lovely yeah really nice. that that was going to be the gem of the week before the manual <laughs> one popped up because I, I mean i really like lava on a 991.1 rs i've always thought it was a great color for that yeah. and um you don't often see it i don't think as a pts choice yeah. but on a with with the GTS bits, all the black details that make a GTS special, it really looks brilliant, I think. Yeah, mm. it was it was really nice. There's um, it's something worth touching on, actually. So the 992s are kind of filtering into um, uh, the used market, certainly. So like, what's the like reception to those, generally? Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, actually, because there there is this sort of um, narrative, it's a big car, and da-da-da-da-da if you actually look at the dimensions and everything there's not that much in it and anyone who you know they've been around since 2019 now um and anyone that's sort of owned one and lived with one for a while you it doesn't actually feel that big um don't get me wrong you park a 996 next to a 992 you can see it's a bigger machine um and I think now that, so sort of rewind year, 18 months, 24 months ago, and obviously there's supply issues, the price is really high. Now they're sort of softening off a little bit and, you know, sub 100K for, for you know, something really nice. Uh, don't get me wrong, that's a lot of money, but just, you know, in that little niche of the world, it, it just looks like a lot of car. Um, I was going to say, if I'm allowed the car of the week, um, yeah. sort of choice. Um, <laughs> I love power. <laughs> and, um, we've got a 992 GTS, and I defy anyone to get out of that and go, that's not fun. Yeah. You know, it is as fast as you realistically ever need to go. And on the road, we're lucky enough to drive a lot of stuff. I reckon that's faster than the GT3 on the road because you don't rev your car to 9,000 RPM every day but you do rev it to four and a half, five. And the torque that thing's got, it looks wicked. The one we got is black, so it's got the light bar that rips around the back of it. Like dusk, that thing coming, screaming past you, 
probably Darren driving it. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, well, I think that's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Darren. Um, it just visually looks wicked. The tech's cool in it. I, I've got, as I say, kids. I could get everyone in it. Yeah. Just everything about that. And now that, you know, they're 20 grand cheaper than they were last year, you know, that little man mass, well, I've yeah, waited 12 months to save 20 grand. You know, I think they're just, like Porsche build them, they are the sort of that nice little middle ground between something that's special in a GT um, and, a, you know, a little bit above an S, not there's anything wrong with that. But, um, and again, how they handle, like the front end on 992s is mega. It's such, yeah. a, such a cool thing. You know, I don't do track days in my daily driver, so doesn't really need to do that. But I think, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of money, but all things considered, that for me would be the, would be the one that I'd be hopping in to take home tonight. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not a GT2, sorry, a 992 evangelist, but I, I have come out in defense of them. You know, I've driven a couple and always really enjoyed them. Mm. Um, and when you had the one with the manual box mm. here in the autumn, yeah. that hung around for a bit longer than I thought it would. But I just thought, wow, I would really like that car. It's funny, all these, when we sold that car, they are like, 10 people, maybe up 10, 5, 10 people, whatever. Cool. Is that really sold? Yeah, man. Always, <laughs> yeah, you had your chance. But, you know, I don't know what the production numbers of those cars were. But one in, funnily enough, driving that car, it felt, it almost felt like an old 996 GT2 with that sort of like big sort of turbo grunt manual box and a bit slightly, you know, it would overwhelm the rear tyres yeah. more than for some reason a PDK would. Maybe it's because you were always in the right, I don't know. There's something about that was, was quite a laugh. Um, but, yeah, that's yeah. my choice, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cracking, absolutely cracking. Um, we'll finish up here. What, what, what have you guys got um, for the rest of the year then, RPM Technic-wise, before we wrap up? Anything exciting coming up? You've always got loads going on. Well, we got, we're still, uh, we're probably halfway through the track season now, so we've got quite a few track days coming up. We're out with Porsche Club um, in Silverstone this month and Donington next month. Uh, so um, we, we do um, a Porsche only track day which you've been on Lee which um with RMA which great fun love is it a, is a joint venture between us and them Porsche only we support it um technical support on the day um they're mega and if you haven't done a track day um this year or you haven't done a track day at all and you fancy doing one just being out there with a load of cars that are of the same um Broadly speaking, same power, same um, handling characteristics, and and mentality and driver etiquette. Because if you recall that day, we didn't have a single red flag yeah. until well, she's not sure we did have one at about quarter past five when one of the cup cars had a mechanical failure. But um, you know, and there's no no driver issues, uh, and you get these, these mixed mark days. You do you get cars that will have different lines into corners, different speeds. And it becomes, you know, sometimes quite hard to, to pilot your way through the traffic or, you know, or be aware of what else is moving around um, the circuit at the same time as you. So, uh, yeah, uh, just to, if I was going to plug anything, I'd, I'd plug that because it's, um, it's a cracking, cracking day. Um, and there's always, because it's uh, on Silence Day, there's always some really cool stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very eclectic mix. But as I said, like Driver Etiquette mentioned on the Pop 4 is yeah. like super high. So as you said, despite the adverse weather yeah. we had that day, yeah. it was uh, a yeah, pretty admirable performance by all. Yeah. Are, you, are you doing anything um, like abroad for the rest of the year? I was chatting yeah. to a fellow member of the Rush Drivers Club that, yeah. that you've got going here. Yeah. Um, 
think he's just been to spar with you guys with that back end of May. That's right. And we're, yeah, we're back out in September. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So spar, uh, we do the uh, Manti days as well, but uh, they're, they're quite hard to get on if you don't have a Manti car and, yeah. uh, and get in there early because they're very popular. If you're going to do a ring, a ring day, that's again, it's the equivalent of, uh, of a you know a, the sort of thing that we run up at Donington or or later runs up at Donington I should say, um, so yeah they're 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 good events um, and yeah hopefully um, we'll uh, we'll have quite a good attendance uh, for for the for that and the European events always good to get the road trip element of it and yeah, yeah. you know it's um, it's more than very much more than just a track day but uh, yeah the the rush um, the rush memberships um, it's quite interesting we were talking about it briefly before we, we sat down to do this the, the um, we're only offering the, the sort of platinum the, the, the very sort of track orientated memberships at the moment but it, for the guys that are doing it they're really kind of enjoying the, the benefits of that support that they get when they're at the circuit and the option of um, discounted storage and transport and you know essentially making it as easy as possible to get out and use your cars because as we know you know whether you're driving them for on the road or you're driving them on track the it becomes harder and harder to to actually make it happen <laughs> so the point of rush is we want to make it as easy as possible for people to get out and enjoy their cars and primarily that's sort of track orientated at the moment with a few roadie type events but as that develops over the next year um, i think that will probably expand uh, to to include a bit more so super yeah we're looking forward to that 100 percent, and i'm yeah very much looking forward to being part of that so yeah um nice yeah. one yeah in Darryl, terms of dates yeah. 10th of october i've got in my calendar for the rma it is RPM, yeah yeah uh portioning track day at donington yeah i got it in after enjoying the one earlier in the year so much brilliant thought i better make sure i got that in my Nice. In my diary. So that's a Tuesday, everyone. So yep. the day off work, 10th of October. <laughs> well done, that man. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well in. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, on that note, it's um, it's always a pleasure to come here and, and ogle at the lovely metal we've got on display at RPM Technics. So thank you, Greg, for allowing us through the door. Our pleasure. Thank you, Darren, for passing your keys very bravely over to Max. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah. <laughs> 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 letting him drive the, the, the 981 Spider. So yeah, um, always a pleasure. And we'll see you again soon on Numbers Radio. Yeah, see you soon. Very good. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. Thank you.